Dancers have a lot to balance. From their pirouettes to their jumps, a dancer's performance is a direct result of hard work and motivation. So where does food fit into this? There's a lot of myths and a ton of antiquated ideals about what a dancer's diet should look like. And I'm here to dispel those. I'm Rachel Fine, registered dietitian nutritionist and founder of To The Point Nutrition. I'm the dance nutritionist, and I'm here to tell you that to be a successful dancer, you don't have to diet. Instead, I'll teach you how to use food as your best tool to enhance your performance. A nourishing meal plan not only fuels your dancing, but also enhances your strength, improves your balance, supports your flexibility, and most importantly, reduces your risk to injury. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm so happy we have finally made this work. I'm really glad to finally meet you. <laughs> so why don't you give us a nice introduction, Chloe, about who you are and where you dance? Well, so my name is Chloe. I was born in London, but raised in Paris. So I started my ballet career as a petit rat de l'opéra in the Paris Opera Ballet School. When I was a teenager, I went back to London to the Royal Ballet School, the upper school. And then as a professional, I started with Paris Opera Ballet and then I was invited to go to the Marinsky where I had an incredible experience and my private coach. And yeah, we all know the pandemic and I came back to Europe, Dutch National Ballet in Amsterdam. Chloe, can you tell us a little bit about how your relationship with ballet and dance in general has shifted from the time that you were that teenager as a pre-professional dancer to really where you're at now. You've had so many shifts where you've been in your career and of course a huge two-year pandemic also that you've had to navigate through. So I'd just love to hear a little bit about the role that dance has played from when you were pre-professional to now. Well, I wanted to start from when I was a kid where already um, I was just a ball of joy and I think I loved expressing myself through movement already from a young age. So that was a clear path for me in that direction. Um, yeah, of course today all the challenges I've been facing I think I could have not even imagined, <laughs> yeah. but I believe passion and drive um, led me to where I am today. And um, yeah, I think it started with the, um, the love of surpassing myself physically. And now as I become a more mature dancer, I realize how much um, ballet is actually intellectual. Everything is um, kind of balancing in a different way. Um, and uh, yes, I think it became something different, but um, remained always the love of, uh, of dancing because that's something where we connect, of course, with the audience, but with your friends or just to express yourself. And uh, yeah, when you work with your partners, you develop a special relationship and these are very special things to the ballet world. Absolutely, and I think when we're younger, before we start to mature as dancers, we get very focused on only one side of dance, which is just the physicality of dance, right? And how we can perfect our technique. It's so important to, or for dancers to hear that ballet is so much more than just that physical aspect, right? And that there's such an intellectual portion to it. And how we choose to 
live our lives, whether that be how we're fueling our body, how we're treating ourselves, um, plays so much of a role into what we bring into our dancing. That is, couldn't be any more true. I think um, the person you are is also very much related to the artist you are. And the artist is also divided into with the athlete you are and the dancer. Um, but nothing comes alone. And um, yeah, I think it's, um, it's ballet's life in the end, you know, when you get older. <laughs> um, the relationships you have in life, the, the challenges you face. At the end of the day, the, the way you deal with life is also the day you will be dealing in the studio. But um, I do think if you feed yourself with life and uh, experiences, this also portrays on stage. And um, yeah, you have to be able to know what are those feelings in order to express them on stage. And I love that you said that it's hard to separate ourselves from who we are as dancers, but in order to be able to grow as a dancer, I believe, and I'm sure you would agree, so much more can be, just like as you said, added to our lives. So what we, all, what we often see with the younger dancers is this lack of balance in their day and in their schedule. I'm curious to know from you, at what point did you realize that though dance and ballet is so much of your life, that you also needed to have some other, maybe other, another hobby, other aspects of your life that you've picked up that only helps you in your dancing? Well, I come from a non-ballet family, so I've always been doing skiing, kite surfing, wakeboarding. Okay. Um, of course, the injuries you face through your career are turning points. For me, it's been when you tend to hyper-focus or you're completely dedicated to um, your technique, your love for ballet, and uh, not necessarily towards other, but just always pushing myself to evolve and always improve and um, always looking for what's next. You find yourself not being able to walk in a book. Um, yeah, I think you realize that the day is very long. From 9 a.m. to 11.30 p.m. in the theater, you find yourself stuck in the sofa. And... Um, Luckily, I've always kept also friends from a um, very young age and there are not anymore in the ballet world. And uh, that was also a healthy balance because as much as I wanted to keep um, my head in the ballet world, it was also nice to find sports um, outside. Absolutely. I think that's a really important point. Just having circles, having your dance circles and having you know, other circles as well, just to feed into that idea of how we're maintaining balance in our lives and of course, how that is further helping us so that we don't risk burnout, of course. Chloe, what's been one of the bigger challenges that you faced? Maybe it was an injury, maybe it was the pandemic. What's a challenge that you faced in your professional career? Well, I think from pre-professional to professional was the fact of becoming your own manager because in school, everyone tells you what to do. Things are square, you have a regular timetable, one holds you by the hand and takes you everywhere. But when you become professional, you have to find out by yourself and also discover new ways to keep improving. So you have to observe, you can ask colleagues, you can ask more mature dancers um, because there is a jump from um, school to the company. And the other side is also from having a very regular timetable to having to perform at night yeah. because 
when your biological clock is telling you to sleep, um, you actually find yourself in a moment where you have to give the best of yourself. You are doing, for example, now Sleeping Beauty. I um, was doing Bluebird and you find yourself going on stage at 10 p.m. When normally 10 p.m. you are going into going down to slowly going to bed. I sleep that early, but <laughs> um, yeah, so that is, um, and it's the constant changes because it's not, you're rehearsing the whole time. No, it's one day, it can be a rehearsal day full on until 6 p.m. nonstop, rather than finding yourself at four, forcing to have a nap, to be able to perform at night at your best. And I think these are, you have to learn to be adaptable. You have to learn to adapt. You have to learn to always be ready for something new because I think if you get tight in your routines, which I believe helps you to structure yourself to a certain extent. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing with food and how we're fueling our body. I speak to many younger dancers, again, in the, who are transitioning between their pre-professional schooling to professional life. And... It's a huge wake-up call when these dancers are going from programs that are providing their meals for them, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks or whatever, to being on their own and having to now not only think about their training as a dancer, but also think like, okay, hey, how am I going to be fueling my body throughout the day? Where am I going to be accessing food? And, and what's challenging is that a lot of dancers have this wake-up call at a very young age. You know what I mean? Like, we're talking 15, 16. That's a lot for a younger dancer to have to uh, kind of take on as a responsibility. But I think it's really reassuring to hear from you that it is – something it is a very important aspect of a dancer shift into the professional world and this is also where i talk to a lot of dancers about having this proactive approach which essentially means that you have to be two steps ahead in thinking about okay well how am i going to eat tomorrow like how am i going to plan for my day do you find that planning when you can when it's accessible is helpful for you yes definitely especially um like now today we are uh, at national ballet we're performing a piece um from david dawson mm. and one of the most uh stamina wise challenging piece we have people collapsing on the floor unable to oh. breathe we're running like we have never run and if you have 30 seconds rest you basically need to change costume um and this has also been a new challenge of like, because even the planning I've had, I had to adapt and change because that was not even possible. If I would keep my, my routine, um, I would just wanna, it was just not possible. So I want to have energy and eat, but I felt like I couldn't really eat. So um, I also saw in one of your lives when you say that, um, at this point, I had to find energy in a way that it would not be dense. It would not be because I would just, push my body to the limit that I couldn't have anything this solid or this um, earthy. I'm so happy that you're saying this right now because if there's anything, if there's any point that I want dancers to constantly understand, it's that regimented eating plans, whatever it might be, 
are not practical. We see this with clean eating. We see this with intermittent fasting. It's like what you said before, when you get into that professional world, you are now having a performance where you're on stage at 10 p.m. If you're following some of these very restricted regimens and how you're eating, you're gonna be very limited. It's not going to allow you to be adaptable. And like you said, it's not gonna provide you with the energy you need. One major point that a lot of people miss when it comes to healthy eating is that at the end of the day, the most important thing is providing your body with nourishment in the form of calories, right? Our bodies need those calories, needs, those, needs that energy. Sure, if you can get in those, as you said in your words, earthy options, that's wonderful. It's gonna provide you with a ton of vitamins, fiber, etc. but that's not practical 100% of the time. So dancers, especially when it comes to fueling your body, need to know that they have to be flexible. Food flexibility is a huge thing that I work on with a lot of dancers in my program, The Healthy Dancer. So I think especially as a professional, because maybe as a student, you have a set timetable the whole year, lunch break at this time, break at this time. But when you become professional, there is, there is no structure. You can, lunch can be at 11, 12, 1, 2, 4 p.m. There is just no, and then sometimes you have performances at night, so it's also completely different. You, you just cannot, you really have to exactly be flexible. And also sometimes you don't have an hour to eat. You have 10 minutes, 10 minutes time to chew your salad and your kale or whatever. I just want to eat like, whatever I will be able to sustain my energy to perform at my best, to, to keep my body going. That's also the thing. Sometimes we have really long days when you have to sustain the energy. Sometimes you have shorter days, but later at night. So it's always like, um, how do you call it? An accordion. You know, this music thing, sometimes you don't have lunch breaks. So it's like, how can you still, I still want to eat. Dancers who are more prone to perfectionism, like yourself and even like myself, it's very easy for us to have this all or nothing thinking. And this is where clean eating becomes very, um, dangerous for dancers because of the regimen and dancers can easily take that lifestyle to the 200th degree. Um, now, as you're saying, a day to day ebbs and flows. Like I would say like, it's like this, but you're using the accordion, which I think is awesome, a really awesome analogy as well. Um, and because of that, you know, we're not robots. We can plan, but we're also not computers and changes are gonna happen in our schedule from a day to day, you might be stuck at a rehearsal for an extra two hours, you might be gifted with two hours of extra time. And that's when you can go home and cook a beautiful meal or whatnot. So I think it's so important to hear that, that flexibility and adaptability are so important as you move into that professional life. And then of course, as I mentioned, just being proactive for yourself, because you have to be your own advocate, you have to um, really start to take matters into your own hands and making sure that you are providing your body with what it means. Yeah, you might also have to jump in at night and yeah, you really have to be, you have to have a structure to help yourself, things that you know you can rely on, but you also have to, to be open. Yeah, I think it's good to have guidelines to help you and structure because you also sometimes don't have time to think. And I personally, if I have a half an hour break, I would rather just like chill, speak to my friends and eat rather than running outside, getting something. 
some people do like it, but um, yeah, if it's raining and I don't want to get cold and la la la, but yeah, everyone is different. I guess you also have to try. I do think as well for your own self, um, we change. Um, things that were working for me before are not working anymore. To help yourself being able to, to see that you develop, that your needs are different and everything evolves even if you have um, a set routine that is in pick that you have to adapt. Yeah, that, that's such an important point too just the idea that as we age changes are gonna happen it's natural for changes to happen whether it's changes in our body whether it's changes in our appetite hunger cues and appetite cues shift from day to day we might have a day where we're just feeling extra hungry and a day where we're not feeling extra hungry and when we're not when we're so set on those strict regimens it can be hard to going back to that word adapt to the changes that are very normal and natural. As a professional, I think you also have the, yes, to sustain your body throughout the day and the performance and the rehearsals and the trainings and your extra things you want to do, Pilates or going to the gym or whatever. Um, but there is also very much the, um, the recovery aspect because performing the whole day, dancing, training the whole day is one thing, which is already really demanding. And training odd hours, puts yourself through um, extra uh, different intensity, like waking up your body, being at the theater until 11 p.m. It's it's a whole different um, level of um, intensity. Yeah, recovery is definitely a huge part. It's also sometimes the body's time to catch up. So many dancers will feel either hungrier on recovery rest days or just find that they want to eat more and then they'll freak out because they're saying oh i'm not dancing why do i want to eat more and i'm saying well you know your body is is actually catching up from all of the intensity that it went through in the previous days really true yeah <laughs> i think uh, it depends on your metabolism i think you have a really fast one and if it's a day off i'm gonna be super hungry and i'm gonna be i'm not doing anything but the whole week and yeah. everything your body replenishes and uh, also, I'm French, so food is a huge part of the culture, and we love good food, and I personally love cooking, and I get really creative also in the kitchen. Back for the morning, Monday mornings for my girls in the changing room, I usually bring a bunch of goodies that I've made. So, Chloe, tell us what you're working on right now. We're right now doing um, David Dawson, The Four Seasons. I have my premiere tomorrow and um right after that the following week we are going back into sleeping beauty short but intense i would say more like a sprint vs we have the very classical um sleeping beauty where it's very very long probably the longest valley of the whole repertoire um so that is also something you have to be able to adapt because you go to very high intensity condensed to still intensity but very long um, we are rehearsing both at the same time and performing also overlapping. And then also our work for a dance masterclass. Yes, well, <laughs> dance masterclass was um, actually for me, it was a, a present from the pandemic. <laughs> it was wonderful. It comes together. You just cannot perform on an empty body. It's just like a car. You can have a Jaguar or a Porsche or whatever, you still need fuel. Like I like to relate it to a hybrid car because I'll have a lot of younger dancers who will say, oh, but that dancer barely eats anything and how is she performing all of that? I can do the same thing. And I'm like, well, that dancer is going to risk their 
long-term performance. So it's more like a hybrid car in the sense that sometimes our bodies can actually push through on adrenaline, but it's going to hit a wall at some point because it still does need fuel. We have it everywhere in all the companies, yeah. the school. You always have that one dancer that just, and I do not think it's healthy. It's just not sustainable. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Chloe, the final question that I'd like to ask you, how would you define what it means to be the healthy dancer? Um, well, for me to be a healthy dancer, it would be to be a healthy human. I think to be a healthy dancer, as I said, because you cannot really separate the dancer from the job, from you, for me. Um, I really see it as a circle with you as a person, you as an artist, and you as an athlete. Mm. And every circle um, feeds one another. And I think it's all about balance. So it's very important that you find your own. But yeah, being balanced with life itself, with your performance, because you have, you, we train like athletes, like literally. Um, I've always thought so, but now with Dawson, I think even more. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, when you go to beauty and all these roles, you just, you're just on stage because you love it and you go there to express, mm -hmm. to share, to take them away from their work and uh, make them dream a little bit. You know, they see all the sparkles and they have no idea how hard we train behind and we don't want them mm -hmm. to know. We just want to offer a little breath. So for me, a healthy dancer is someone that is able to appreciate the little things in life, going for a coffee with a friend, um, being able to cook in the kitchen, gather at the table with your friends and family, and uh, at the same time sustain yourself with good energy to be able to train at your best, to be the best performer. And, um, and at the end, just shine on stage. Yeah, that was beautiful. Really, so beautiful. And you have so much to offer in regard to insight. For all of the dancers listening, Chloe, I'm so happy that we were able to coordinate this, get together, and I look forward to continuing to be in touch with you. I'm really happy to be, have finally met, and uh, I look forward to the next one.